1: philosophical, but I feel in my spirit that the Lord has something for tonight. I want to remind us how important some of the basics are. Is that all right? I wonder if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 7, verses 44 through 50. And while you're doing that, why don't you turn to your neighbor and just let them know how good it is to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. It's 6.30 and it's still light outside. Amen. I love this time of year. My Lord, I feel like there's life. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verse 44 through 50. And it says, And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I had came, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou, did, or thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sin, which are many, are forgiven. For she is loved much, but to whom little is given, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven." And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith have saved thee. Go in peace. Tonight I want to preach just a, a simple title, but a powerful one if, if I can convey it the way I feel it in my spirit. Worshiping a king. Worshiping a king. I wonder if you'd put your Bibles down. If you feel comfortable, raise your hands and pray that God would have his way tonight. Is that all right, Lord? We thank you, God, for all that you've blessed us with. Lord, we thank you for this day and this hour, God. You know the needs of this place, Lord. They are many, God. Lord, you can see our hearts and our lives, Lord. You might even see the things that you don't like, God. But we thank you that you're a God that saves and heals and delivers, God. Tonight, Lord, if we can by any means, Lord, we choose to worship you. God, we choose to praise you and to lift you up in in the way we know how, God. We pray your will tonight, even on me we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and simply say, Worshiping a king. You may be seated. I want to show you tonight what the Bible says about worship. I won't take long. But if you can, I hope that we can get and become to a place where we have an authentic Worship to where God will move mountains for us. Luke chapter 7, we just read where this lady came in when they were having dinner, and the Bible says that she worshipped, she anointed, and she was forgiven. I believe nowadays that we have to be baptized. Don't get me twisted or get it wrong. But in that time, Jesus hasn't died yet, and he said, your sins be forgiven you. And there's something very powerful that worship can bring with God Himself at the helm, I want to take us back to the very beginning before we go much further with that lady, all the way back to Adam and the Eve. And there were two elements that made Adam and Eve. The Bible says he came down on the sixth day after he had spoke everything into existence, and he formed them with clay and with breath. Everything else made from the earth was either made from the earth or by the Spirit. There's only one thing that was made with both earth and Spirit. And that, my friends, is us. It's His breath that we live and breathe and have our being. It's only because of that life of breath that we even have an existence today. I'm sorry, guys. Your science teachers might try to teach you on Homo erectus and, and, and uh, ignoramus and all these other idiots and ignorance. But we believe that God made us. Amen? And it's through that that he formed us from clay and from breath. Breathe in again, if you would, and out. That right there is the very breath of God. You do it enough, you'll probably get lightheaded. If you stand up, do it in any sort of way. You could even pass out from it. But we are truly, fearfully, and wonderfully made. It says that he formed us in his image. His fingerprints are what's on us. It was his very hands that made us out of clay, And he crafted us so that we can has, have life. And then the Bible says that he breathed the breath of life into our nostrils. That's nasty. <laughs> I, forgive me, I don't know about you, but that's disgusting. But I'm thankful that the Lord did it. The body, when they study it, they examine how important breath is, and I find it very peculiar. I've studied breath just a little bit. I've recently had some books set into my lap about breathing and the importance on how and why you breathe. And and I look at my daughter who deals with asthma from time to time. I had an old trumpet teacher that had uh, emphysema, and typically they say those things are absolutely incurable. Lung problems you just have to deal with. But if we can read deeper and get a little bit deeper, we can find out that there are ways that God has made us. And if we would just form some of these, maybe he'll help us in what we are. They say that mouth breathers typically are the worst type of breather. Your teeth are kind of messed up. You might have uh, halitosis or whatever where your breath stinks. Cavities form quicker when you breathe in and out of the mouth. And they say that there are some people that have no sense of dentistry, but they keep their mouth shut more. I'm not preaching that, but they keep their mouth shut more, and their teeth begin to get straight, and those diseases or different things that enter them no longer have an effect. You know why? It's because when you breathe in through the nose, it goes down deep into the body. Your stomach will expand. You'll feel your ribcage. Everything expands, but when it's just from the mouth, it's just that upper part. It's just the top part. And In different cultures, like the fighting cultures in Asia, those type of cultures, will call it... Bad air or bad breath, they'll say that it's uh, a not a good breath that they took. All because of the way they breathe. And here we are today wearing masks making it almost impossible to breathe right. Amen? Sorry, not getting on that either today. You guys are tight crowd good air or bad air, it's harmful. It's o- Harmful oxygen is what they say because it does not go deep. It doesn't get your blood count up of oxygen. And it truly is reflective of God's wisdom. When we first breathe, he gave us that breath through the nostrils, not the mouth. It's from the nose that we are nourished with the breath of life. It's his hands. It's his breath. If this is his body and I'm here for him, then I am to worship him. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm going to talk about very basic elements tonight. Clay, breath. The most simplest things that God has given us, but we were made and formed to worship. Can someone say amen? Amen. My breath comes from God's mouth, which is his spirit. And the truth or athlia, not merely words of truth spoken, but a reality as it's described in the dictionary. It translates to the world. In other words, when he says that they that worship him, worship him in spirit. And in truth, it now is your mind and your body. That's the truth of who we are. This is our truth. This is our reality. This is our world. Amen? And it's through our mouth and through our flesh that we can worship Him. Tonight I want to talk about worship very simplistically because if we could ever get to that essence of true worship, we'll stop looking at a praise team to lead us. We'll stop waiting for a preacher to tickle our ears just right. It'll come down to what is truth, and it has to be in you, not just in me. And so when we worship him, we worship him with our minds and with our body, the spirit and the truth. That's how we worship him. And I worship him with my breath and my flesh, the only living thing made from both spirit and the world. I think it's awesome in Genesis also there's a story of Abraham. It was the first time that somebody was ever called to worship. It's the first time the word was ever used and the Bible says that he took his boy and they had a few other young men with him and at a certain point he simply said, "Okay, you guys stay here. Stay with the donkeys. Me and the lad are going to go and worship." And so they went on this journey. And the Bible says that Isaac began to ask, "Where And the world is our sacrifice. Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. But when the time came and when the altar was built, there was on top of that altar a whole sticks and a variety of of kindling ready to start a fire. And uh, Abraham begins to bind up his own son. Could you imagine binding up your own child? Lay them on the altar. Drawing a sword back or a knife, a dagger, and getting ready and hopefully hearing those words which he heard. Stop, don't, spare your boy. I believe you, you do love me more. Worship right then and there in its purest form happened. The Bible says that the boy was laid out. Sometimes we have to understand there is a, uh, a, a way that we have to come to God and worship. I might repeat myself on some of this, but I'm just going to dance around a little bit. Worship has a form. Biblically, it talks about it either being something where you're prostrate or where you are knelt down. It's either a laying out or a kneeling down that happens in worship. Tonight, I have no idea how the end of service might go. If people are late or knelt down, so be it. If you're worshiping and standing and jumping, so be it. But we've got to live this lifestyle where we understand what it means to go to God in worship. The Bible doesn't talk about sitting. Sitting. It doesn't talk about laying back in a hammock, but it does mention kneeling and laying prostrate before the Lord. The Bible says that when it established Isaac and Abraham and, and that spirit of God that came down, when worship happened, that it would cost you not only your flesh but your breath. Worship requires your mind as well as your being to be renewed in the spirit and in your mind. My mind is involved when I worship. It can't be as pointless and as empty as praises. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. But we can jump and praise and really nothing come out. Or we can say things and not move and nothing comes out. But in worship, everything must be engaged. My body must be engaged in worship. My heart, my flesh are involved. So now we get to this woman. Who knows where Jesus is while dining with the Pharisees? And the Bible says that she knows where he is and she goes to him and she walks humbly, walking in, crying and kneeling. She makes her way to Jesus and she cries so much at his feet that she's able to clean his feet with her tears. She dries them with her hair. I could just imagine this story. If you'll read further uh, uh, behind, I guess, in the scriptures where it says that they sat down to dinner. Jesus went to dinner with the Pharisee, went to dinner with one of these big, big big-name big shots, and he's sitting there at dinner with the man. This woman comes crawling in from the back as best she can, and she begins to weep, kneeling down at Jesus and begins to cry so uh, vigorously and intensely that it can wash his feet. They wore sandals. It's not like he just had a pedicure. He's sitting there, so many tears that his feet can be washed, and she dries them with her hair. And then the Bible says that she pulls out this alabaster box with ointment. She begins to break it and pour it out on his feet. Alabaster to this day is a very precious stone. They say that you could tell a family history of somebody just by looking at their alabaster box. It would hold pretty much the wealth of that family. If it was a very decked out, if it had a lot in it, if, if it was uh, the certain fragrance that were very hard to come by, the certain essential oils and such uh, to make it smell the way that it did, you could tell what somebody had by the alabaster box. And this lady begins to crawl in, weeping and kneeling and, and making her way to his feet to pour it out. Some people began to get upset and say, What are you doing? We could sell that. That's worth money. And and even Simon looks up and he goes, Jesus, if you're a prophet, surely you know who this woman is. She's bad. She's a sinner, like sinner sinner. And in it all, she's there kneeling and worshiping. And so Jesus gives a parable. And he says, okay, imagine these two debtors, and one owed a certain amount of money, and the other one owed so much more money. Who in the world got, they both were forgiven their debt. Who ended up better off? And they say, so one that was forgiven more is more thankful, right? And so Jesus said, you have chosen right, Simon. This woman right here has been forgiven a much. And so when she pours it out and she worships, and she finds herself at that moment she truly has the most to be thankful for. I don't know where you are in your life, friend. I don't know what you've got going on to where you feel good with God if you feel the government's just going to keep pouring money into your bank account and everything's okay. Or if you get to a point where you realize it's not really about the money, that doesn't bring me happiness. It doesn't bring me security. Even if I had a big mansion, i got to make sure my family's happy. i got to make sure I feel fulfilled in my life i got to make sure I'm leading them right. i got to make sure that my life is going the way that God has planned it. It's more than money, amen? It comes down to I've got to know that I'm worshiping the king. And so she broke that box. And they say that when they make alabaster, they mix it with clay. Imagine that. We're made of clay. When she broke that box on his feet... It was simply a way to break a bit of herself and to pour out the most precious anointing and ointment that she could. To give all of herself. Some of us wonder why we're in the spot we are. And it truly comes from we have to get back to a place where we can worship God. I have to crawl back to a place where he knows my name and and he remembers how I broke a box on his feet. And how I cleaned them and I worshipped them. She broke it. Worship requires breaking. The choir can't worship for you, church. That person down the pew can't worship for you. In fact, we don't worship the choir or the preacher or the bishop or the pastor or the music. The more we uplift people, the worse it seems to get. We have to get back to worshiping God. Amen. And worship has a form. It requires more than what we give when we think of worship. The Bible says Isaac was laid down. The woman worshiping at Jesus' feet says that she kissed and kneeled. In other words, there's a position, a posture of submission and humility with pure adoration. We don't talk about it much. I know in youth class it's been over a year. Since we've had class, we've been able to talk about something as essential as worship. In our lives, there has to be a point where worship is more than just the words. I've got to find myself not only in in position, but understanding what adoration to God means. Have you ever adored God so much that you understood how powerful he was? There's a part in the Bible where some men have decided that these five pillars represent certain attributes of God and 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 Isaiah talks about it where it names the five things that that Jesus will become and it says that he'll be wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace but that wonderful part there's worship wound up in wonderful if you can ever get to a point where you understand how wonderful God is and you can become uh, just flat out forget everything else that you need and get to a place to worship to understand how wonderful he is to admire him when's the last time you made something out of clay anybody ever mess with play-doh anybody ever make something so good you enter it into an exhibits anybody ever breathe into it you got bubbles didn't you it's nasty (laughs) we can't do what God did if nothing else, I could admire him when I worship him to say, Lord, I truly sit at your feet and wonder how amazing to make what he's made. Pastor Danny, you preached it wonderfully this morning to imagine how small we are in this entire universe, yet we're the only thing that matters to him. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows when the sparrow falls from the sky, and yet you matter so much. If we were ever to put ourselves in perspective, we were like a grain of sand compared to a football field, and that was just the Milky Way galaxy. And that's earth. How incredible is it when we think of who God is through us? The only person or the only position given to to worship was to bow or to lay before Him. Worship is a way to get close to Jesus and to show Him love. The only time a person was recognized in the Word of God as loving Jesus was this woman. We talk about David a lot, and we say that David was a man after God's own heart, right? But nowhere ever does it talk about Jesus being loved except for this woman. It's powerful to think that he only recognizes love when it comes a certain way. He had disciples that were hung, buried, or or, or stoned and and, and hung upside down and, and burned and thrown out of buildings and all sorts of things. He didn't talk about love with them. But this woman who was a sinner and had nothing more to say about her, but that she loved him. It's important when we come to God that we know that he loves when you worship him. You know what else is amazing about the nostrils? There's a certain point in the Bible where we can actually send up a smell unto God, and it's done at the altar of incense. It talked about it when the tabernacle was around, and, and we know that's a type and shadow, or in other words, a, a way that we can make our lives about that altar of incense. It's a worship place. And when worship is done right and you've, you've kept that worship alive in your life, then it becomes a sweet smell unto God. But if you don't stir up that worship, church, hear me on this one. The Bible talks about when the oil stinketh because of the dead flies. It's when we forget who we're supposed to be in Him and we don't understand how to adore Him and how to fall at His feet that we can truly see the love of Christ. When we leave that part out, we have missed something so great with Him. Maybe your miracles is lying right around the corner of worship. Maybe you getting healed or having a son or a daughter that comes back to God or whatever the case might be in your life, it all could be hiding right around the corner of worship. It's not about lip service to us or to, to each other or how much does so-and-so see me jump or dance or, or run around the church. It's not about us, church. In fact, if we truly got beside ourselves, we'd probably worship more. I'm not a runner. Hello? <laughs> Anybody else feel that way? But if you wanted to worship God and wanted to get his attention, you might just go take a lap. I'm not much of a dancer. Maybe it's his shoes. But if I'm trying to get his attention and see some adoration and show him who I want him to be in my life, I might just turn out and dance. It matters how I come to God. Worship takes a position, an anointment or an anointing. I want to invite the music to come. I'm not going to be long, but I'm going to try to wrap it up the best I can. There was this group of men called the Levites. The Levites were a priesthood, but before they were a priesthood, they were just a tribe in the children of Israel. They weren't allowed any inheritance except for the tabernacle, and I want to read a little bit about that. Exodus chapter 32 reads like this, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. When Moses stood in the entrance of camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves unto him, and he said unto them, Thus says the word of uh, the Lord God of Israel, Put every man to put a sword to his side, and go in and out of the entrance, uh, to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and let him kill his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men fell that day. Moses then said, consecrate yourself today to the Lord that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. For every man has opposed his son and his brother. There was a point in that scripture right before that. It says that all the children of Israel were worshiping a golden image. And as they were worshiping, there was one group of men that decided, I'm not going to worship the thing that man has created. So Moses went up to them and he said, listen, this comes from God. It's time to go ahead and just wreak some wrath throughout the camp. And he took it upon themselves to to charge them to grab a sword and go after your own family. And I don't think that's what we're doing here tonight when I mention it. But I know that when they did it because they had God first, everything else was second. The Bible says that they were blessed from that moment and then they became the Levites. They became the ones that were charged with taking care of the tabernacle. The Levites were never to have an inheritance, just the things of God. They were the first ones that understood worship. The first ones that understood defending their king. Not to mention they're the ones responsible for that altar of incense a place of worship where we can bless God's nostrils I said there's a position to worship and I'm going to close with this the best I can Revelations chapter 4 I believe is where it talks about these 4 and 20 elders 24 elders they're the biggest names in the entire world for all of time When they make it to heaven, they have their own thrones. The Bible says that when we get there, we'll see those 4 and 20 elders with crowns on their head, and they will stand up, throw the crowns at the feet of Jesus, and kneel. The throne was not a place of elevation for their status. It was an elevation so that they could kneel better at the feet of Jesus. Worship is so important, it goes from the beginning to the end. God inhabits and lives for our worship. He desires that we worship Him, so much so the only woman that ever worshipped Him right was said to be one that loved Him. I want you to stand with me. My grandmother, on her last few days on earth, we walked into her hotel, hotel, (laughs) her hospital bed. Her lungs kept filling up with water. They had to drain them every single day. She finally got to the point where she looked at uh, my mom and my aunt, to where she said, "I don't want to do that anymore," and they took the measures necessary to make sure that she was comforted, and we sat there that last day. We began to hear what it was like for lungs to fill up with fluid for the last time. It was very painful to sit there and to listen every last breath. Every time she'd draw a breath, it felt like there were minutes between breaths, and eventually we found out there were, there were moments where there wasn't as much breathing, and and, and we'd wait for the next one. You could hear the family breathe with her, begging God, Lord, please, just clear those lungs. Lord, give her life back, God. We were sitting there, and my cousin, who's a, a paramedic and such, he began to say, okay, you guys are going to have to breathe more than she does, or you'll pass out. That most likely, her soul is probably already gone, but her body is still holding on to that breath. We sat there until the very last one, and it was just the most painful, the most God-awful thing you could ever imagine that moment. But then out of some weird thought in my mind and dealing with God, how precious breath is. When he came down to this earth and he began to form me with his fingerprints. When he began to, and I know it was Adam, I know I was born from a womb, but for all of mankind to be made with the very fingerprints of God, to be formed of clay and then to ultimately be left there to breathe the breath of God. When he mixed the Spirit with the world, he made us. And the Bible says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And there's scripture that talks about that spirit of the mind and the truth of the body. God truly is desiring those of us to worship him with everything that we are in our thoughts, everything that we are when we talk, when we have that, that moment with him, even in that moment of crisis when we cry out, Lord, Why? Why let me go through this? And he also demands that we use our body. That we find a place and we kneel down before him and we lay it all down and say, God, this, this is yours to handle, Lord. I worship you through it all. I don't, I don't know why my family's going astray. I don't know why the job is, is closing in on me. I don't, I don't know what my next move is, God, but I'm laying it all down. I'm giving it back to you Jesus I worship you with my future I worship you with my past I worship you with my present I give my all to you I adore you as that lady walked in she cried so much out of her body she knelt down and the Bible says she kissed his feet as she washed them and began to dry them with her hair She grabbed the most precious ointment, which was covered with stone and with clay. She broke it, and she poured out whatever anointing she had to on God. She blessed him, and the Bible says that he she loved him. I don't know about you, but in this place, I feel like there's some of us that want to know what God's love is like, but then there's some that might say, well, I want to know how to love God. When I come to a service like this service, it's not about me being served. It's about me serving Him. We think ministry goes one way, it goes down, but the Lord has called, and He mentions it in His Word, to minister to Him. It's only when I'm effectual and I'm a fervent prayer that those prayers availeth much. It's only at those times where I can reach His throne. And that's done when I have my body and my mind right. That's done when I have opened all that I can unto Him. So I wonder if you would close your eyes and raise your hands with me. I want to open this place to prayer or do what you feel you need to do with the Lord. But God is calling us for just a moment back to a place of worship. God's desire is that you would find a place to adore Him. Love Him, and He'll show you how much He can love you. Honor Him and praise Him and watch Him come through in that situation. I know there's needs in here. Why don't you cry out for just a moment? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you join the rest of them up here? Why don't you find a place to pray? Maybe you kneel at your seat. Maybe you cast yourself before God.
2: Let Him do something special tonight in your life.
0: What an incredible job! But here's the thing about your praise: is that as you begin to praise the Lord, there's a gateway that's opened up in the Holy Ghost, and it's in the middle of your praise. God can heal your body, can break chains of addiction. In the middle of your praise, that everything that is broken can be put back together. And I've seen it time and time again. You see, you can praise your way out of a situation. And into a miracle You can praise your way out of brokenness Into restoration Out of sickness into healing But the thing about praise Is that what makes it so powerful Is that praise is saying Lord, everything that I am Everything that I've gone through I'm not defined by that But this is what I am I am praise to the King And when you begin to allow praise to define you, the attention of the Lord starts to come to you. And the Lord says, there's somebody I can do a miracle in. There's somebody that I can set free that's been going through struggle. Now, I I wonder if there's anybody in the house tonight that maybe you came in here and you said, I need the Lord to do something in my life tonight. Come on, is there anybody in the house that you just raise your hand and say, I need the Lord to make me whole again. I need the Lord to fix what's been broken. Come on, anybody. I need the Lord to put back together the pieces of my life. What if I told you right now that your praise could unlock a miracle for your neighbor? Come on, your praise could unlock a miracle for your neighbor. I wonder right now, why don't you reach over and I just want you to grab a hold of somebody? Maybe that person that you're grabbing a hold of tonight has a broken family. Come on now, there's somebody in here that's dealing with brokenness, that might be dealing with addiction, and here's what I want you to do. You don't even have to pray for them, but I want you to begin to praise the Lord for a miracle that's coming in their life right now. Come on, all over the house. All over the house, would you praise the Lord? And as you begin to praise the Lord, let the rushing mighty wind of the Holy Ghost begin to blow through this building Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person that is in this place, uh, God, I pray against brokenness. uh, I pray against sickness. uh, I pray against the spirit of infirmity. uh, As we worship you tonight, uh, now let a miracle fall on you. uh, Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, uh, why don't you worship in the Spirit? uh, Why don't you worship in the Spirit tonight? come on you can leave here in breakthrough come on you can leave here in restoration you can leave here in a miracle tonight i wonder if you praise for your neighbor i wonder if you praise for your child would you praise for your lost loved one is there anybody is there anybody somebody open the gate just open the gate of the miraculous tonight Come on, there's people in here that need filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. God's going to do it right now. Come on, let God do it right now. All over the building. All over the building. Would you step into what God is doing? I come against depression. I come against suicide. Come on, somebody. Why don't you praise until something happens? Why don't you praise until you feel a breakthrough, uh, until you feel a release? Uh, Maybe a mama ought to grab a child. Uh, Maybe a dad ought to grab a daughter. Uh, Would you begin to praise the Lord with somebody uh, that's in this building right now? Let there be a breakthrough in the spirit. Come on, let there be a breakthrough in the spirit. Uh, Would you praise the Lord until you feel it happen? Come on, until you feel a release in the Holy Ghost. Uh, The Holy Ghost is in this room right now. The Holy Ghost is in this room right now. There's some people that could be filled with the Spirit of God tonight. Now right now in your own words, uh, why don't you throw your hands up uh, and open up your mouth uh, and would you just let a shout of praise come up. Uh, Come on, would you let a shout of praise up. Uh, Would you worship the Lord uh, in your own song, uh, in your own song, uh, with your own words. Uh, Let the Spirit of God flow through you. Maybe there's somebody that already has the Holy Ghost. Uh, would you just begin to let it out? Would you begin to let it out right now uh, and just create an atmosphere uh, where somebody can leave restored, uh, somebody can leave restored, somebody can leave healed tonight. Inamashanda uh, Come on, church, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's some guests in the house that need a breakthrough. Come on, right now, all over the building, why don't you throw your hands in the air? Throw your head back and open your mouth. And would you begin to worship the Lord? Would you open the gate? You are the key. Your praise is the key to open up the miraculous. God I pray for everything that is broken Would you piece it back together I pray for everybody that is sick Lord would you let the gift of faith begin to flow By your stripes we're healed By your stripes we're healed He can put it back together He can put it back together In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus Sing hallelujah. Name of Jesus. Uh, Come on, there's some people that are seeking the Holy Ghost tonight. Uh, Why don't you just stretch your hands towards them? Uh, Why don't you just pray for somebody that's beside you uh, until they're filled with the Spirit? Uh, Come on, let breakthrough come over you. Let breakthrough come into your family. Uh, Let it come into your spirit. Uh, Let it come to your mind. happening it's happening right now it's happening right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
2: hallelujah
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. oh now somebody give the Lord some praise somebody give the Lord praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Send me, i Why don't you lift your hands and sing it as a prayer.
2: To worship you I live. To worship you I live.
0: I live to worship you. Oh, come on, is that your prayer? One more time with hands lifted tonight. Would you make this your prayer right now?